Hello, welcome to Whole Armor Podcast. I'm Alan, and what you're about to listen to is the Sunday morning sermon by Pastor Alan Rogers, focusing on Exodus 18, verses 13 through 27, and it's Jethro's wise advice. So you see in this, and this is part one of a four-part series, but what you see, this advice was practical and wise. It allowed Moses to serve without being overwhelmed by every minor dispute. Also, you see this advice from Jethro, not just the advice, the application of the advice that was given was empowering. It allows others who are capable to lead and take on responsibility. Again, our calling is not It's not solely reliant on one individual to do everything. It's also the advice was effective. It ensured that Moses could focus on more critical matters and also thinking about it, it allowed all leaders more time to communicate with God. They're not being stretched to capacity and it's helping to avoid burnout by implementing wise counsel, wise advice. So again, this is part one of a four-part series. Um, While we're standing, we'll go to the Lord in prayer. Father God, we thank you for this day. Thank you for life, health, strength. Thank you for this opportunity and privilege to gather together in your house and to, to worship you and to praise you and to give honor to you whom honor is due. Lord, we continue to lift up those families that are grieving this time of year, the the Christie family, the Murray family, and also now the Hawkins family and the Allen family. Of the, we pray for your continued comfort. We pray for your continued peace over the family. Help us as believers, those who name the name of Christ, to keep them lifted up in prayer and to reach out and to encourage and uplift. And if you put something on our heart, help us to do it. Uh, sometimes we say to people, like, if you need anything, let me know. But with all they're going through, they might not think to ask, but if you lay something on our heart, help us to show that gesture of love and kindness. And we thank you. We ask that you would bless this time. Help me to clearly and concisely share what it is that you've given to me. Uh, We thank you and we love you in Jesus name. Amen. You may be seated. And reminder, today is also communion Sunday. Um, So after the message, uh, Elder Maitland will lead us in communion. So those of you that have been attending or have been watching online, you know, Pastor Tori has been preaching about kill, steal, and destroy. And this is Satan's job. This is his motivation. This is what, this is why he gets up out of bed in the morning, not that he sleeps. But, you know, people where different things inspire us and cause us to get out of bed and cause us to, to do the things that we do. Um, you know, some, we just love God and you love gathering in his house together with his people, or there's different things that we like to do. Satan likes to kill, steal, and destroy. And there's many different ways that, that he, he can do this. And I think, um, in listening to the message, the thing that really stood out to me is, um, the pickpocket. You know, that's when, I don't know if you've ever had anything stolen from you, um, 
But it's one thing for something to happen and you've been robbed. But it's another thing for you to not be aware that something's been taken from you. And it's usually when you go in the house and be like, wait a minute, where, where's, where's my phone? I had my phone. And you try to recall the last time that you had it. And so in thinking about that, I thought of the story of um, Moses when Jethro, his father-in-law, comes to visit. And Jethro gives Moses some advice. And Moses takes the advice. And as a result, things are changed. And we'll, we'll get into much more detail. But sometimes mismanagement can cause us, mismanagement can be one of the ways the devil kills, steals, and destroys. Because we mismanage a thing, because we manage it poorly, it never grows to or gets to the place that God desires for it to be. And we can think of this with, with our finances. My wife is a, is a good saver. I'm not. And it's, it's one thing to acknowledge that and be aware of that. It's another thing to do something about it. And so how I have to save money is put it in an account where I don't have a card. Like when they ask you, do you want a card for this account? No. <laughs> I don't want a card because if I have a card, if I'm out in Marshalls or wherever, I'll be tempted to use that card, you know, this money that I'm trying to save and spend it. So open up an account, don't request a card, and it's Capital One, which takes like three to four days. If you do want money, it takes time. It's one thing. It's, an, it's another thing. Wow. That's, <laughs> it's another thing to be aware of something, understand something is a problem or is an issue, and do nothing about it. One of the things I often say to my, my kids is that it's okay to have a problem, but it's not okay to be aware that you have a problem and do nothing about it. Because the God we serve, we know that he's capable. We know that he's able. We know that there's nothing too difficult for him to do, including help us with our issues and, and our problems. And not just believe it, oh, he can do that for someone else. He can do it for you as well. Whatever the situation is, whatever the circumstance, whatever the problem, God is able. So again, thinking of mismanagement, and I, I don't remember what I titled this, something about wise counsel. Uh, so apparently we're going to keep having audio issues. <laughs> so mic number three. So mismanagement. We want to manage what God has given us well. And each of us, one of the things I say, and if you attend Bible study at all, you've heard me say this, God has a specific and unique plan for each and every individual person. And I used to, when we first, um, Pastor Tori and I first started doing the online Bible study, I would occasionally share that. And sometimes I would be like, okay, people know I've shared it enough. But now I feel like a conviction. It's like, no, this needs to be said. God has a specific and unique plan and purpose for each and every individual person. That means everyone here, everyone watching online, everyone who God has allowed to be born, he's had a purpose for them. Now, sometimes we don't live up to our purpose. We don't live up to our potential. But that doesn't mean that God did not have a specific plan in mind for you when he allowed you to be born. So we want to manage things well. And so thinking of, you know, the Exodus story, um, the children of Israel were in Egypt. And I'm looking at this, it's like, okay, you know, people who may not be familiar with the story, 
how did they end up in Egypt? Why, why were they there in the first place to be slaves? But you have to go back to Joseph. Joseph, you know, he was Jacob's favorite son. He had 12 brothers. The brothers were jealous because of how much the father loved, loved Joseph. He was his favorite son, and it annoyed the other brothers. So they, they were sick of it. So, again, a lot of paraphrasing to get to um, Exodus 18. So they, they throw Joseph in a pit, sell him into slavery. Joseph ends up in Egypt. Now, in Egypt, in this place where Joseph was a slave, he rises to power. Joseph has this gift, and in Bible study, we're talking about the Holy Spirit and how the Holy Spirit gives each person a gift. Each of us has a gift that's been imparted to us by the Holy Spirit. Joseph had the spiritual gift of being able to interpret dreams, and so accurately interpret dreams. So Joseph's in prison. He interprets the dreams of two of the inmates. Pharaoh has a dream. Joseph is able to interpret that dream, but not just interpret that dream. He's able to give a plan for, you know, the dream the king has about the seven, you know, skinny cows eating the, the fat cows. And Joseph is like, hey, there's a famine coming. But not he doesn't just give him information. That's that's true. But he says, here's what to do during this time. And sometimes we need a plan. We, we can understand that something is coming or something is going to happen. What are we going to do in that situation? Now what? We're aware, oh, there's a famine coming. What do we do? So Joseph comes up with a plan to preserve and store food so that when the famine happens, they're able to make it through the famine without issue. And, or, and in this time, Joseph hasn't seen his brothers or his family. So there's a family reunion that takes place. You know, those of you who've ever been to a family reunion, imagine not seeing your family for, I forget, it's like 30, 38, 39 years or something. It was a long time he hadn't seen any of his family. So it's a family reunion. His brothers, there's a famine. They hear there's food in Egypt. So Jacob sends his sons to go and get some food. Unbeknownst to them, Joseph is the one in charge and command of all the food. And Joseph kind of, after he does some kind of mean things, he reveals to his brothers who he is. So he reveals to them. And now, because of Joseph revealing who he is to them, and he's high in power, he talks to Pharaoh. Pharaoh permits Joseph and, and Joseph's entire family to come to Egypt. This is how they, they end up in Egypt. And then at the time, the scripture says there's about 70 of them in total. So they come to Egypt and they, they live there. And this is how they end up in Egypt. However, the Israelites multiplied in Egypt over time, but their favorable circumstances changed when a new Pharaoh was put in place. And it says in Exodus 1, 8 through 11, and I'll be reading from the New Living Translation. The main text will be Exodus 18, 13 through 27. But in giving you some of the backstory, I'm just touching on Exodus chapter 1, verses 8 through 11. It says, eventually, a new king came to power 
in Egypt who knew nothing about Joseph or what he had done. He said to his people, look, the people of Israel now outnumber us and are stronger than we are. We must make a plan to keep them from growing even more. If we don't, and if a war breaks out, they will join our enemies and fight against us. Then they will escape from this country. So the Egyptians made the Israelites their slaves. They appointed brutal slave drivers over them. Listen to this, hoping to wear them down with crushing labor. Keep that term in mind, wear them down. We'll talk more about that a little bit later. Wear them down with crushing labor. They forced them to build the cities of Python and Ramesses and supply and supply um, and build these um, for the king. So the king is like, he doesn't know anything about Joseph. He doesn't know what the Lord did through Joseph and how the Lord used Joseph um, to preserve Egypt through that time of famine. He has no idea who he is. He's just like, this is a whole lot of people here. And he says, there's so many of them. If they decide to overthrow us, they can do it. So he puts a plan in place to enslave them and to make their, their labor so burdensome that they'll be so focused on what it is they have to do, they'll never think about being anything other than a slave. And this is the trap that I think we all can fall in. Life can be so burdensome. Life can be so heavy that the only thing we focus on is the task before us. We're never thinking about what it is, what, what does the Lord have for me? How has he gifted me? What is the greatness that the Lord has for me to do? We're so bogged down with the mundane task of life that we lose sight of what is it the Lord truly has, truly has for me and truly has for my family. And this was promised long ago to, to Abram back in Genesis, Genesis 15, 13. Then the Lord said to Abram, you can be sure that your descendants will be strangers in a foreign land where they will be oppressed as slaves for 400 years. So this went on for a long time. So God tells it to Abraham and then through Joseph, it ends up happening. The children of Israel end up in Egypt. So and then after this, you know, they, they cry out to God and God hears their cry and God sends Moses to set the people free. So God does, you know, great things through Moses and Aaron, all the different plagues and all the different things that happen. The people end up being released into the wilderness. And this is and they're released into the wilderness Jethro, Moses' father-in-law, hears about this because when all this was going on, it, it was crazy. Moses sent his family away. He's like, y'all go, go be with dead. So he sends his wife and his two sons to be with the father-in-law while all this is taking place. And Jethro is getting reports of the things that the Lord is doing. So he hears that they're, they're free, that it's safe to bring the, the wife and kids back to Moses he comes, Moses shares with him all that the Lord has done. They break food. And this is where we pick up the story. Exodus chapter 18, beginning at verse 13. 